gentlemen welcome to the uh, medics mind podcast but not just any episode of the podcast the 200th episode of the medics mind podcast yes that's right i've made i've made 200 episodes and uh this is wild this is absolutely wild i uh i started this back in november of 2018 is when I uh, first started uh, my podcast. I believe actually, I believe it was October 31st. So a day before November, uh, but October 31st of 2018 is when I started my first episode of the podcast. And here we are 200 episodes later, and uh, I can't thank you guys enough for that. It's huge. It means a lot to me. Um, Your support's been overwhelming. I have amassed over 41,100 total downloads for this podcast since October 31st of 2018. So that is wild to me. Um, I can't, uh, it blows me away. Absolutely blows me away. It's, you know, I, I, I don't need, I started this thing thinking that maybe I was going to get a handful of people listening to it. You know, I was going to get like fan friends and family, um, kind of giving this thing a listen and, uh, and giving me their support and and uh, their feedback as they as they have always done, um, I've been really fortunate in having some really great friends. But um, this thing uh, this thing blew up into something so much more than what I ever anticipated it to be. Uh, you know, I've had people from the United States reach out to me after my mother uh, passed away, and I spoke about that on on an episode of the podcast. Um, I had. Um, I had somebody from the United States, uh, a woman who is a police dispatcher and whose husband was a police officer. Uh, and he ended up passing away by way of suicide. And she reached out to me via email to talk to me about, um, how she relates to my experience. And she wanted to, to wish me, uh, condolences as well as offering her hand in, in support. And, uh, that's when I really knew that, um, you know, my podcast was out there reaching, People that I that I'm never going to know about, and people that I didn't know about, and to me that's that's a really kind of cool, unique thing about this medium is that you know whether people reach out to me or not, um, I'm still reaching the ears of people that I never realized I would, and uh, you know I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. It's an '80s movie um, with Christian Slater. And, uh, it was pump up the volume. I think that's the name of it. Pump up the volume. I remember watching that on TBS whenever it came on TV. Cause, uh, I loved it, but he, he would sit there in his room speaking into a pirated radio station and, uh, just talking to the microphone, giving his expositions on daily life and what it was like to be a high schooler, uh, in that small town. And, and, uh, he had this, amassed uh, this huge audience. Nobody knew who he was. He was just a voice coming through their speakers um, and I, I love that. I'm actually going to be watching that, uh, show tonight as a way of celebrating my 200th episode. Um, really excited about that. Actually, I know it's really cheesy and by no means am I Christian Slater, 
You've all seen my Instagram, most likely. I am definitely not a Christian Slater. Uh, but, <laughs> but I do have a podcast and I do reach people and this is amazing for me. So I want to thank you guys very much for all the support and uh, the kind words that you guys send my way via email. And uh, and just and again, a reminder on this medium, if you guys listen on different uh, mediums, like if you listen on Spotify or if you listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, if you go to the actual Anchor site, if you click on my Anchor link, which is where the 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 uh, hosting platform that uh, that hosts my my podcast, you can actually leave me voice messages there. There's actually a place where you can click on a button and leave me a voice message, um, and I can listen to it. I can even play it on the podcast if you so wish. If you don't wish, just let me know that in the message, and I won't play it. Uh, but if you don't mind, um, I'll play it. If you want me to omit things like your name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I can do that too. But yeah, feel free to leave me a voice message. I'd love to see and hear what you guys have to say. Uh, because when you guys reach out to me, um, it means, it means the world to me. It's crazy. 200 episodes, guys. This is insane. I, uh, and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, I'm probably going to do this as for as long as I can, because it is very much a form of therapy for me. Um, you know, I, uh, I like to keep my mind busy because it's usually busy with a bunch of less than productive things. Uh, I'm a bit of a ruminator. I don't know if you guys have been able to pick up on that via my writing and via the things I do and, and discuss on this podcast. Um, I don't actually have any, any story for you guys today. I thought this could just be a me talking to you episode. It seems, you know, seems fitting for 200. Um, so I figure I'll tell you a little bit about my week. You know, the week has been pretty decent. I think I'm finally starting to get over whatever crazy amount of sickness I had. Still a little bit dizzy here and there, which makes me a little bit worried. But that could also be an anxiety thing too, right? I mean, I could be fabricating these, unwittingly fabricating these these symptoms. Um, so I, I just, you know, I made an appointment with the doctor, but doctors being what they are uh, during this crazy uncertain time, they're very busy. And so I can't uh, get in to see him until October, uh, April 6th. Uh, April 6th is when my appointment is, um, wait till then and, uh, and take it from there and go, go see the doc. Um, but other than that, my week has been pretty good. Uh, no big complaints. The dog is starting to, uh, develop all of his adult teeth. So he's not biting as much anymore, which is really cool. It's kind of cool to have a dog just walk up to you, lean against you, and you can pet him without him biting your hand, uh, every five seconds. So that's kind of cool. Um, Ran into some frustrations this week. Uh, so I have written another book and uh, I've tentatively called it A Medic's Mind, Love, Loss, and All Things in Between. And uh, I can self-publish this thing, but I kind of wanted to go through a publisher um, first. So I've been uh, looking online for publications or publishing houses that are taking unsolicited manuscripts uh, or un- unagented, unagented manuscripts. Um because some places like the big five, you know, HarperCollins, uh, Penguin Books, Random House, those guys will not even look at your manuscript unless it comes from a uh, an agent. And so I decided just to look at some uh, some publishing houses here that uh, were accepting manuscripts uh, without agents. And I ran into some frustrations, guys. Um, and it, this is nothing. It's I, I don't know if I'll be able to articulate it as well as I probably would need to. This is not a political rant, uh, and I don't want this to become like a divisive thing. That's not what this is about. Um, so if you could bear with me through this, uh, I think I'll get to the point at the end here. But um, so the publishing woes are this. 
when you go to any publishing house, especially those who are currently accepting manuscripts, and you look at their requirements, I always take a look at requirements instead of just sending in my manuscript because some people don't want email versions. Some people want it physically handed in, so they give you a mailing address. Some people only accept uh, submissions via email, and some people require you to do quite a bit of uh, you know work um, prior to sending in your, your manuscript. They don't just want the manuscript. They want a bio about you, a synopsis of the story. Um, a chapter index, um, any previous works that have been published, any previous reviews, things like that. So there's a lot that goes into handing in a manuscript, whether you're agented or not. And, uh, but the biggest hurdle I'm running into right now is that on the majority, so I, I typed in, uh, Canadian publishing houses, accepting unsolicited manuscripts into Google came up with a list of 21 Canadian, uh, publishing houses. Some are independent, some are a little bit bigger. And, uh, I went there and on the top 15 out of 21, the t- every, from starting from top to bottom, the 15 out of 21 said that, uh, at current time, they're only accepting manuscripts from, uh, underrepresented classes of people. And they, they, uh, defined that as, uh, women, uh, BIPOCs, which is, I believe, black, indigenous, and people of color, uh, Asians, Southeast Asians, uh, LGBTQ plus and two spirited communities. And that is well within their right. They can, they can do that. I don't, I don't care if a publishing house wants to, um, have those, you know, if they're calling it, it's like a casting call, right? Casting calls look for certain things. Um, and, and that's fine for me. It's when they, when they just, they flat out say, no, like you're, you can't apply. I can't apply. Uh, the merit of my work will not even be taken into consideration because I don't fit into that subcategory of, of people of that demographic. And there is nothing I can do to change that. I can't change my sexuality. I can't change my gender and I can't change my genetics. Um, so I like, it's, it's one of those things that becomes very frustrating because 15 out of 21 means that out of the, out of the 21, 15, I can't even apply to. So that's over half of Canadian publishing houses. I can't even apply to. And so it's looking more and more like I would have to self-publish. And I really don't like self-publishing, uh, not because of the stigmatization of, of that there's so many self-published authors out there. That's not it at all. Self-publishing is fine. Uh, in fact, Emetic's Mind, I, I took Emetic's Mind back, um, you know, from the, the publishing house that it was currently under, uh, under very amicable circumstances. I say I take, that's bad. Uh, it was discussed rationally and uh, we cohesively agreed for me to have the rights to my book. And so therefore it is technically now self published. Now, that being said, I didn't have to do any work to it with respect to editing, formatting, any all that stuff was taken care of care care of for me. But if I were to go with this book, I would have to likely pay somebody to do the editing and the formatting and then I also pay for somebody to do uh cover work cuz I'm not a graphic artist. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Um and it's just a lot of work that the kind of stuff that I don't really want to focus on. Uh, because it's not the stuff that really helps with, with respect to therapy and the things that I like to write or, or do. It, it's not really beneficial to me. So I've been running into some publishing woes and, uh, and it, it, it can make you dejected and angry. Um, and I noticed that that disappointment was creeping up a little bit more within me. And, um, over the past couple of days, I, I've had more time to sit and think and go, you know, this sort of relates to just mental health in general, because you're going to run up into hurdles and things that happen. And, and, you know, you're not really responsible for how you initially feel about something or the first thought that creeps into your head. 
but you're responsible for how you handle that and what you do with it and how you choose to navigate every moment after that. And, um, and I could just sit and be dejected and angry and disgruntled and, and miserable and, and realize that, you know, current day politics is, uh, is bleeding into, uh, every aspect of, of what we do in society, whether it be escapist entertainment, like video games or writing or movies, you know, it's just, it's it, the sinew of social media is such that it's going to be a pervasive element and it's going to bleed into things. And so I can sit here and be dejected and angry about it and frustrated that I am not based on merit, but based on sex, gender, and sexual orientation alone, uh, dismissed from, uh, even applying my work to some places. And, uh, and, and, you know, when I, when I posed that on a writing forum that I belong to, uh, I was dogpiled, man. Dogpiled. I had people going, oh yeah, a poor privileged white guy complaining that he can't submit his work everywhere. And, uh, it was comments basically along those lines. And, uh, again, I could look at those and I can get frustrated and angry, but what is, what is that going to do for me exactly? For one, it's not going to publish my book any faster. For two, it's not going to help my mental health go anywhere other than to areas of disappointment. So really it serves me no purpose to sit and allow other people's viewpoints and, uh, feelings towards, you know, my, my gripe, um, to, to allow that to impact or affect me because my gripe is still my gripe at the end of the day, I'm still allowed it. And that's the biggest thing is you're allowed it. And, uh, and the, I was really glad that I started to kind of come to that consensus because a, it made me a lot less angry and frustrated, but it also helped me deal with a situation that arose this week. Um, a friend of mine this week, um, had approached me about getting together, um, uh, you know, about a week prior and, uh, you know, the week prior I was sick, so I couldn't get together. And then, uh, you know, we had had a ephemeral conversation, uh, a few days after that. And I had said, yeah, you know, let's try and get together soon. And so they sent me a message, um, you know, two days before saying, you know, Hey, we should get together. And I said, sure. Uh, you know, we can, we can do that. But then there was no time agreed upon. I didn't even know if this person read my message because there was no response. And I assumed that this person just got busy, right? Uh, and that's kind of how I live my life. If somebody doesn't respond, I assume they just get busy. That's just kind of how it goes. I'm one of those guys that like, if, if you don't respond to me and then two weeks later you respond to me, I'm good with that. Like I can continue the conversation and I'm fine with it. Uh, zero hard feelings, zero. Like I, I just don't really get, you know, agitated by stuff like that. Uh, but I guess this individual uh, felt as though I wasn't... Um, making it easy. And so they sent me a message back saying, Hey, I really want to hang out, but you're making it very difficult. And, um, and I was frustrated because the day that message came in, I had just, uh, well, I would, I was awake at five in the morning because I had had a nightmare. And then, uh, my girlfriend's phone went off and it was on vibrate mode and it sounded like a pager, but there was also some chimes to it. And so I thought we were getting toned out for a call. So my body stiffened. I had a big, push of adrenaline. And I, I, I kind of said, well, well, Hey, well, was that, was that, was that your phone? Was that your phone? And she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, it was. But by that time it was too late. I was already engulfed by this, uh, you know, uh, adrenal impulse of having to respond to a call. So there was no going back to sleep. So it's five 30 in the morning. I get up and I say, Hey, honey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go downstairs to my little man cave room and, and watch some TV for a bit. And, and, uh, I was able to fall asleep at around seven 30, eight o'clock in the morning. I was able to fall back asleep and I was dead tired. And 
fell asleep. And then I woke up to the message saying, uh, you know, Hey, I really want to get together, but you're making this very difficult. And, um, you know, again, impulsively, I was frustrated and dejected by that because it's not really my fault um, for a couple of different reasons. One, we, there was no time agreed upon. There was no real communication of when and what day we we're supposed to get together or what time we we're going to get together. But also because I feel like I like it wasn't my fault in that I don't choose to have nightmares. It's not something that I want to have happen. Um, sorry, random segue here, but this just happened today. So go to my Instagram at Emetics Mind. And you will see a picture of a mat that I sleep with beside my bed because when I have nightmares, I often fall from bed and uh, I refuse to have one of those senior citizen rails put up on the bed. I just won't do it. So my girlfriend came up with a great idea of buying a gym mat. And so we have a gym mat beside my side of the bed, but because, uh, you know, falling out of bed is, is kind of a weird thing to grapple with as an adult, at least it is for me, I decide I have to do what I usually do. And I try to inject some humor into it. So I bought a bullseye like a marker bull, like a shooting bullseye. And, uh, I have, I now have a bullseye in the center of this mat. And I've told my girlfriend that, uh, anytime that I have these freak out nightmares and I stumble from bed and fall out or she has to, uh, she has to give me a, a scorecard rating. And so I'm going to write little scorecards beside her bed and she can hold it up like 10.5, nine Russian judge says four, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, so yes, going back to the story at hand, I'd had a nightmare and I didn't choose for that to happen. So I really didn't feel like I was making anything difficult and at least not purposefully difficult or apathetically difficult. So, um, before responding right away, I, I took a second, took a couple deep breaths and said that, you know, as much as what I'm feeling, this person's feeling something too, and they're entitled to their feelings. And so instead of trying to beat rebuke or dismantle their feelings and their argument. I simply acknowledged that they were feeling a certain way and said, Hey, I'm sorry. You're feeling that way. Um, it's not intentional. Here's the situation that happened with me. Um, you know, I, I enjoy when we get together. I enjoy when we hang out and I would like to get together and hang out, uh, when, when we're able, but none of this is done by way of, of making things, uh, vexing towards you on purpose. It's not my goal. It's not my intent. So I'm sorry you feel that way. And I phrase it that way, instead of saying, I'm sorry, uh, as, as having some ownership of, of doing something wrong, I just said, I acknowledge how you feel. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. So they're still allowed to feel that way. I never said they shouldn't feel that way. I never said that they, uh, they're, they're wrong in feeling that way. I simply acknowledged it, uh, and showed some empathy towards what they were feeling. And in doing that, it sort of melted my own frustration and anger towards it because I was being compassionate to, to those feelings in that moment, knowing that they were probably not coming from a place of, of insidious intent. You know, they weren't doing this to try and make me feel bad or guilty. Um, and if they were, it probably wasn't intentional. You know, it's probably not what they want me to feel overall. They're my friend. And so I, uh, I had to rationalize and say, you know what, I'm sorry that, that this is impacting you the way it is. It's unintentional. Um, you know, let's get together when we're able, right? So I, I left it open. I left that I felt pretty good about it. And I feel like, you know, when it comes to this publishing stuff, there's going to come a time where these publishing houses that are currently just looking for that demographic will have obtained that demographics, uh, literature 
and then will open themselves to other literature. And so the time will come when I can submit and when I can do that. And so in the meantime, it doesn't stop me from writing. It doesn't stop me from using writing as my creative outlet and my, my therapeutic outlet. And, uh, and so really at the end of the day, I really haven't lost anything. And so there's no point in just living with that level of frustration. So that's kind of where I got to on that point. Um, and, and that's kind of how I deal with, you know, emotional setbacks, right? Cause it would be easy to fall back into the self beratement. And I, I and I'm not going to say that I don't, um, I mean, I, uh, even though I wrote what I did to my friend introspectively to me, I was like, I fucking idiot. Like can't even, can't even wake up and go hang out with your friends. You can't even do normal things. You know, it's, this would be a fun thing to do and you can't even do it. You piece of shit. So on, uh, these, these negative things that I would break myself with, but there's also this other voice that tries to combat that. And that is something I think for me that I would, that I would sort of, uh, give credence to, to therapy, um, and, and give, give credit to both Doc Huser and, uh, my current therapist in that they've, they've worked with me enough that I have these, these things that I can challenge the narrative with my own narrative, my own introspective beratement and can lead to some gentler and kinder conversation, some colloquial exchange within me, maybe a little bit more healthy, uh, in healthy ways. So that I felt pretty good about too. Um, and it only took me 200 episodes to get there. You know, <laughs> it's 200 episodes, and like four years of, of just intensive, crazy hard work therapy, uh, to get to the point where there's another voice in my head. It's not quite as loud or as strong as the the negative one. And some of it still feels a little bit forced. You know, sometimes I, I sit there and feel like I'm just trying to make myself feel better as opposed to, um, you know, the, the really, the reality of what I think is, is factual and real, but then that, that relies on the old saying of fake it until you make it. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of where I, I, I ended up this week in dealing with those two, those two emotional setbacks. And I also found, um, in doing that, I looked for alternative things I can do. So I found I've been using YouTube a little bit more lately. I've been uploading videos. I find that, the, um, the aspect of, of trying to record a cohesive video and a somewhat entertaining video, um, kind of a, a bit of a challenge for me. Like, I'm not trying to make a career out of YouTube. I'm not trying to be a YouTuber, you know what I mean? Uh, but it's just, I've been doing more on YouTube and it's more so for the, the self-satisfaction of, of completing something and putting something out there. And again, it's another outlet that I can use that is different than just the audio format. For example, I have a video up there now where I watch a show called Live Rescue and, uh, it's a, like an A&E kind of reality show where they follow paramedics and firefighters around and, and they respond to calls. And, and so I kind of watched one of these episodes and I thought, you know, in my head was all I was watching it. I was like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh no, I would do that. Oh, they, these guys are really, so I started thinking, Hey, I could do a commentary video and it's been received really well. A lot of people have commented on it and, uh, left me remarks on, uh, how much they enjoyed it and enjoyed hearing my perspective of it. And, uh, and it was really cool to do. So, um, YouTube is something that I've, that I've been utilizing. I bought a new lens for my, uh, for my camera. Um, I bought a 150 to 600 millimeter, which on my APS-C camera, my DSLR APS-C, which is a crop sensor camera. Um, it goes like to 950, 950 millimeters. So it's, it's got pretty good telescopic range and I'm able to take some good shots of animals that I likely would not have ordinarily been able to do. So, 
that aspect has been good too. The the weather's getting a little bit warmer now as we approach uh, springtime and I'm not a big fan of summer, still not a huge fan of summer, uh, but it, it is an inevitability. Summer is going to come and I'm just going to have to do what I've done this week and find healthier and happier ways to cope through that stuff. So uh, photography is going to help. YouTube's going to help. Um, I'm thinking about buying a little action camera, like a little kind of a GoPro, um, deal. And, uh, I'd like to go and explore a little bit this summer. I'd like to go, uh, to Headley BC, which is about two hours North of me. Um, and I might be able to do that sooner rather than later because, uh, a while back I revealed that I was working on getting my driver's license and, uh, I have now fulfilled all the obligations, um, of, of what happened when I got my DUI. And I am now able to walk in uh, and apply for my license and, and do, um, do I think it's called the signs and signals test, which is a written exam, which is um, probably pretty basic. Uh, yes, I will study for it. I'm not taking it lightly. Uh, I generally don't take anything lightly. <laughs> but uh, I could do that and then I can, I can schedule my road test immediately following. So I will likely do that. So I could be up in Headley, BC sooner rather than later on my own free will and accord. But the reason I want to go to Headley is because about a kilometer up in the mountain overlooking Headley, BC is an old mining camp that you can go and explore. It's uh, used to be a tourist attraction. They've taken it down now and they've stopped putting money into it and things like that. But you can still go and explore it and check it out. And that's kind of what I want to do is explore beautiful BC this summer. So that's what I'm going to do. Um... Yeah, and I think, um, I, I I think in in two hundred episodes, I think uh, the biggest takeaway I can leave you with today, um, and the biggest thing that that I have have been struggling with for many years, um, and still struggle with, but uh, at least have the ability to flirt with now, is uh, honesty with others and with myself. For example, when my friend said that they were disappointed in me. Um, you know, I had the articulation and the ability to, to let them know, Hey, you know, I, I had a nightmare. I had a really bad night's sleep. Um, I had some things happen that I didn't plan on and, uh, and I didn't mean for that to be the case. So I'm sorry. You know, my best friend drew invited me out to go to the keg one night and, uh, it was on a Saturday and we were going to go, um, to have dinner. And I said, uh, Hey, can we go early? Like around four, um, because it's probably going to be busy on a Saturday, you know, the, the province is starting to open up now. Can we go? And he was totally cool with that. Um, I mean, Drew's just an amazing human being anyway. So, um, in- incredible that I have friends that are, that are like that, but without the ability of being honest with myself in, in knowing my limitations and my, uh, you know, my problem areas and having the ability to be honest with others, I likely wouldn't even have gone to the keg, uh, come up with an excuse probably, uh, which in turn leads to more self-beratement because you don't feel good about the decision that you've made. At least when you're honest with yourself and with others, you really can't, or, or you, at least for me, I can't say you, but for me, um, I find when I'm honest with myself and with others, I feel a lot better about the things that I've said and done. And therefore I don't feel quite as bad about what's, what's happening, uh, to me, whether, whether what's happening to me is a negative situation overall, i.e. having a nightmare, not being able to, navigate through the day as well as I ordinarily would have, or meet somebody else's request or demand, uh, being honest with myself saying, Hey, you know, this is what happened. I didn't mean for it to, I don't plan for it to, but I gotta, I gotta, you know, navigate through it. I'm sorry. And that's key. Um, 
being honest with yourself and being honest with others in every facet of what's going on, being honest with your, with your spouse. I mean, the one thing that I've, I've learned with being in a relationship, um, I mean, for one, I'm dating the best girl in the world. Uh, I, I really truly believe that I, uh, she is so kind and caring and compassionate that it makes talking to her very easy. Um, but there's times where I'm feeling a little bit insecure or, you know, um, kind of have those old creeping, uh, lingering remembrance, uh, you know, ruminations of, of what happened to me in my previous relationship. And I kind of, Oh, who, who, who are you texting? And she never takes that as an insult or an attack. She understands that it's all about me in that moment, that it's not about what she's doing. It's not about who she's texting. It's not about anything to do with her. It's all me. And I own it. I own it every time. And I think that's the biggest thing is I own it in a very honest way of saying, Hey, I'm just feeling a little bit, you know, little bit insecure. I'm sorry about that. You haven't done anything wrong. Um, and just having the ability to have a conversation with her, but because she's the best girl in the world, um, she's so, so empathic and so kind that, um, those conversations are generally stopped even prior to them happening because she does something to reassure me, whether it's a, a kiss on the cheek or, uh, just wrapping her arms around me for a little bit longer than just a, just a passing hug in the hallway. Um, you know, or just saying something very kind. Oh, wow. You look really nice today. Or, hey, aren't you, you, you look handsome. You know, things like that, they, they just blow me away and make my day. Because, for one, I'm not handsome. Um, I appreciate that she thinks so. I think it's, a, I mean, I'm really genuinely, <laughs> genuinely lucky that she thinks so. But uh, these things, they mean a lot to me. And so, um, after 200 episodes, to leave you with anything, it would be just be honest with yourself and be honest with those around you. No matter how difficult that might be. Uh, you'll feel better for it in the long run. You won't have to make excuses for yourself. You won't have to make excuses to those around you. It's just, it's it's one of those things that is going to help. Um, for me, it helps just with feeling better about what's going on around me. Like the publishing woes, like my my buddy being disappointed in me for not being able to uh, to be readily available when they, when they are ready and when they want me to be. Uh, being honest in saying, hey, I'm disappointed that these publishers are only looking for something that I can't contribute to because I just can't change those things about me. Uh, but I can still do things myself. I can still keep writing. I can, I can publish this myself if I really want to. Um, Hey, I'm sorry. My, my buddy's disappointed in me, but you know, I, I had this happen and I need to do certain things to center myself for the day. I need to do some mindfulness and, and have some time to me prior to trying to, uh, navigate and be with somebody else. So those are the things I've learned in 200 episodes, um, brought down in a very, (laughs) very specific set of circumstances. But, uh, that's what, that's what I would say after 200 episodes, that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. I love you all. I really do. Uh, you guys are the absolute best. Um, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for your support, your kindness and, uh, just, oh man, it means a lot to me. Um, you guys, you guys make, recovery uh, that much easier. You really do. So thank you so much. Um, you guys be well, you be safe. And above all else, keep talking to each other. For those of you down in the States right now, I know you've had a couple of tough days with respect to gun violence. And uh, that means that there's going to be a lot of people impacted, whether you're in law enforcement or first responder, or whether you're just a uh, general public, um, you know, just be kind to one another, be kind to yourself and uh, seek help and talk to people if you need to. And there's no shame in that. Be honest with yourself and be honest with those around you. I love you all. Take care and I'll talk to you on episode 201.
And uh, sorry, just as a bonus here, I talked about Hit Record. Hit Record is an app that I'm using, and it's an app where you just kind of contribute to writing. Sometimes they have a writing challenge. It'll be a, a word of the day, or it'll be a short paragraph story, and they want you to contribute to it or continue it, and so on and so forth. Uh, and one of them was uh, writing about. Um, let's see if I can find it here. Oh, my phone's not there. Uh, it was something about um, like uh, like a fear or something, or uh, some something ominous hunting you. Right. Is it uh, write write about something ominous uh, that's that's haunting you or that hunts you? And uh, so I wrote a story and uh, contributed to that to that thread. It seems to have done well. Got a lot of comments and a lot of uh, feedback on it. So I'm going to share that with you guys to to walk us out of episode 200. Here it is. This is called the Beast Nears. Enjoy. <laughs> It swells from deep within, like a storm on the horizon, it creeps ever closer. Sweat births itself, bead by bead to my skin. I can feel it, a growing pressure. My chest tightens and breath becomes shortened and constricted. Something is here, something is very, very near. Through introspective pep talk, I demand my eyes open. I think that if I am able to just scan the room and show myself that there is nothing around, then I'll be free of this ominous torment that lingers along my psyche. I inhale as deeply as I can, still unable to fill my lungs. I do this once, twice, three times. And in a fleeting moment of fabricated bravery, my eyes burst open. As the world comes into focus, I see it. My fears are realized in the realm of tangibles. I wasn't wrong, but oh God, how I wish I was. For in front of me is a beast, the beast, the creature that goes bump in the night and it nears closer to my face. I can feel its breath. It's angry and stern. A wetness contacts the tip of my nose. Through furrowed gape, the beast drills into me with his eyes. Unable to breathe now, I ready for the moment. Spartan licks my face. Yes, Spartan. Spartan the cat. He's been on my chest, and this is the moment, at 5.30 in the morning, he has decided that now is the time to demand food. And he does so by crawling along my chest and then locking eyes with me until I wake and oblige his furry demands. This is life with a cat. A beast that goes bump in the night and then sleeps all goddamn day. A truly loathsome creature. But oh, how I love him. Cause that's my everyday 